Welcome to the Women Empower podcast, where women entrepreneurs share their stories, struggles, and accomplishments. We are here to listen to women in all walks of life, from starting a business to running million-dollar companies, from personal to business, and everything in between. Let's get started. Here's your host, Brie Logue. Hey everyone, this is the Women Empower Podcast. I'm your host, Brie Logue. Today we have Nell Tice with us. She is an entrepreneur, the owner of Enticing Media, best-selling author, speaker, podcast host, radio show host, and travel vlogger. How are you doing today? I am great. How are you? Great. I'm excited. You do a lot of things, so we're definitely going to have to <laughs> jump into some time management stuff today too. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> so to first uh, introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about what you're currently doing. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Mel Tice, as Bree mentioned, and I am the owner of Enticing Media along with my husband, where we do video production and podcast production as well. I I left my job in 2021. I walked into work one day and I was like, oh, this is it. I'm resigning at the end of the year. So uh, January 1st of 2022, I was sitting right here in this chair and uh, yeah, I went full time with my business and it has grown so much over that year uh, ish. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we're doing the radio show, YouTube and podcasts and all kinds of things. So it's really fun right now. That's awesome. It sounds super fun. So I know you started a couple of years ago, but tell us kind of why you became an entrepreneur and kind of why you picked your industry. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we launched our YouTube channel in 2019 at the end of 2019, which was a terrible time to launch a travel YouTube channel, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I started editing videos through doing that. And then once the pandemic hit and we weren't traveling, I was like, well, how can we keep the channel up? It was so new, so small at the time. And we didn't, we weren't ready to just give up. So we started posting videos about anything we were doing, like cooking healthy meals or uh, anything literally around the house, like removing carpet. So I just kept practicing my editing skills. And then we decided to get a camera, like an actual camera, because we were just vlogging on our phones at the time. And in the two weeks that it was going to take to flatten the curve, I, I thought, oh, I'll get to know the camera. And then when we go back out traveling, then I'll be fine and fully functioning with it. So we ended up having a lot more time as everybody did. And I really just started honing in on my skills for videography and more editing and then really got into podcasting. My husband and I started a podcast during the pandemic as well. So then it really turned into a side hustle. And then one day I thought, you know, we could really make a business of this and started getting requests from friends and family to do photos and videos and things like that. And as they say, the rest is history. Oh, I love that. I love that you picked like the hardest time ever to start a business, let alone a uh, travel blocking business. That's so, cool. <laughs> so do you right. guys still travel or is that something you still love to do? Yeah, we do. We absolutely love to do that. That is probably our biggest passion outside of the business. And uh, we don't have kids. We have one cat now. And uh, so travel is definitely it. We don't do as much as we did before the pandemic. And we haven't been international since the pandemic. But we're looking to get further back into that. Right now, it's just difficult trying to build the business and taking time to do all of that while we're doing this. And my husband still has a full-time job. So we really just work around it as much as we possibly can and take as many short getaways as we can. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. What's what we try to do too now? It's like, oh, it's just easier to take, you know, places we can oh, yeah. drive to, you know, a bunch so of two cool day, places. three day right? adventures are a lot easier to do than like your like seven to nine day resort <laughs> stays, you know, they are for sure. Yes. 
So do you know you always wanted to be an entrepreneur or is that kind of just the bug hit you? Yeah, no, I did not know, but I'm not surprised. So I was definitely growing up, My I wanted to be a meteorologist on the Weather Channel. And I was already mindset at like eight years old. I'm not having kids. And I didn't even want to get married at the time. I was going to be a career woman living in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, being able to walk to boutiques and restaurants and everything. So I was already like career driven. But when I was younger, you know, I was always the one that was having like the lemonade stand. I think I started a magazine with my friend and I had the jewelry stand that I laid out on my bed for my sister to come and pick jewelry up and buy from me. <laughs> um, so, you know, I never was really surprised by this. And then growing, getting up the corporate ladder and getting further along in business, I just, there was so much that I felt I wanted to control and I was doing all of this to make someone else happy and fund their future when I'm, I wasn't funding mine. And I had this deep need to do that. I love that. I was definitely that same little girl, you know, that was like, Oh, like I will never get married and I will never have kids. Really? Yeah. I was like, my life is going to be great. And I'm going to live in the city. I live in a big city now, but I still have not yet to like live downtown somewhere. That's still a a goal of mine one day. Awesome. You'll get there. You'll do it. Uh, So tell us a little bit about some of the biggest struggles and setbacks when you first started your business. Yeah, definitely. I think that the, I mean, not the elephant in the room is the no income factor. So I'll be completely transparent. I was making over 70 grand a year at my full-time job. And to just give that up is a huge lifestyle change. And like I said, my husband still works a full-time job. So it's not like, you know, we're pinching pennies and eating ramen every night. But there are definitely things that you have to cut back on and you have to use budgeting. And it's just, it's hard. It's really hard. It's a different lifestyle to get used to. But the second biggest thing I think is the guilt that I felt. That was absolutely horrendous. And I still feel it every day to an extent. I don't know that I'll ever not feel that. But the fact that I was at home trying to build something and seeing that as progress was kind of difficult sometimes. I mean, even just doing something like this, podcasting. I mean, the podcasting world is so incestuous that everybody does everybody's podcasts and, you know, not everybody's getting paid for it unless you're with, you know, Dear Media or some other conglomerate and you're famous and you're, you know, you've got sponsorships. But, you know, seeing, taking an hour and doing this, I felt so guilty for because I didn't see it as a way to build the business at first. Well, now that has completely changed the game. And it's one of the best ways to build your business. But I kind of always just felt like, oh, is my husband like watching me? And he's like, well, that's not really productive. Why are you doing that? Or why are you downstairs on you know the elliptical when you should be upstairs working? I always had this this voice in the back of my head that told me I had to be doing something for the business at all times. But people don't realize that even if you're outside taking a walk, going for a run, you know, chilling out for the night because you need to, you need to separate yourself from the computer screen. It's all a part of it because it makes you better. It makes you better in your business. And you're, that's, you're building an empire. You're not just building a business per se. And, you know, being able to do all of those things and focus on everything, including yourself, is monumental. 
Yes, for sure. I think you just said that perfectly too, because I felt exactly the same way. I felt so guilty in the beginning. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like I didn't have any money coming in, really. Like I had like a train or two, but like Mm. even then it was like nowhere close to my regular paycheck. And uh, for me, I guess it was more the dependency thing. And it's like I have to let, I have to let him, you know, have control over money stuff. And, you know, we have to cut back Mm. on things. And for me, that was Mm. so hard to be able to do. Oh, yeah. That's horrible. And, I always like, it doesn't fill me with joy to hear that other people experience that, but I always feel so like, oh, thank God. <laughs> like, I'm not the only one. <laughs> right. It can be so hard sense. in the beginning. No, yeah, 100%. Because you have to yeah. let, you have to let go of control almost. Cause you know, it's like, oh, especially, like you said, you can't work all the time either. Like, other things you're doing. For me, it was like um, being on social media. It's like, I know I have to be on social media. And sometimes it take me a very long time, especially in the beginning, to write out those posts because I was not used to, you know, writing at all. Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh, I felt like it was such a waste of time, but it's not a waste of time and it's very productive, but it does not feel productive. You're just like, I'm online. Like, this I totally cool. agree. Yeah. <laughs> and it's hard to put yourself out there too when you're doing that. And it's a whole other aspect. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole different life and a lot of things that I didn't expect and a lot of things that I did expect. And there are still struggles every day where you go and sit in the corner and cry and go, why is this happening to me? But then the immediate high, the next high, like the new client or the new contract or whatever, what ha- whatever it happens to be makes up for all of that time. <laughs> it does for sure. So another random question, but... How did you get comfortable on video? People ask me this all the time. And since Mm. you're a vlogger and you kind of just started out with video right away, how do you get comfortable on camera? Oh my gosh. So you really have to think about the fact that the camera is just the vehicle to get you your images. And when I say images, because it's, you know, a series of images, your personality, everything about you is just, it's the vehicle to get to other people. It's not the other people, if that makes sense. I know a lot of times when people see a camera, they think, oh my gosh, millions of people, thousands of people watching. And you can't think about that. Yeah, I get it that the lens is there. And that's what's happening is it's putting all everything out there in front of those people. But if you look at it a little bit more simply, and just think about the camera as the object or the vehicle, it actually becomes less scary and less overwhelming. And I would say that the thing that I even still get a little uncomfortable with is vlogging in public. You know, you're walking down, you're walking in a busy airport and there's people on those moving sidewalks and rushing around and you're in the middle of the airport walking through with your, you know, your camera up like this and talking to it. And people are like, what is going on? (laughs) What is she doing? Who does she think she is? You know, you just have to, at some point think, no, I love this. This is what I'm doing and I'm going to do it. I don't care what you think. So there's definitely a confidence level that you need to obtain. But if you look at the camera a little more simply and not as it's almost like the thousands or millions of people, then it's it gets a little easier. I like that. Yeah. I still am the person that's like, oh, I hate taking pictures in public too. It's like, I don't want to be that person, <laughs> but you're right. It's like, oh, this is my brand and this is what I'm doing. And I want to show the world what I'm doing. And I have yeah. something I'm still like trying to get more comfortable with. It's like taking pictures and videos and doing things I'm actually on about. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of, you know, behind the self-esteem, you know, oh, I'm not looking so great today or I'm not wearing makeup or anything like that. I think that there can be a lot more inner work done to ourselves to help us fuel that personality on camera. And then naturally the comfort, the 
comfort level on camera will then change too. For sure. Yeah. I always have to be aware too when I talk, like especially uh, podcasting has really helped me and I don't actually use the video as much that I I know I should put them on YouTube and things like that, but I have not gotten <laughs> I should that too, but yet. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't do it, but even just like being able to talk on Zoom like this has really helped me just with video, even just talking to other people because it feels so much more casual. Good. Good. And it should. And that's, you know, podcasting is so amazing on so many levels. And that is just one of those levels for sure. It is. And I'm, we're definitely going to come back to that in a few minutes too. But let's get back to our uh, questions here. <laughs> uh, entrepreneurship has many ups and downs. How do you handle the bad days? Okay. So I have two main things that I do. My first thing is I cook. I know that sounds really strange, but it's a creative outlet for me. And when I was at my nine to five and I hated my job, I came home miserable after after work. I looked forward to cooking dinner. And I look, it's just me and my husband. It's really easy for me to say that I'm not cooking for a family of five or six, but it was my creative outlet. So you could always tell how great of a meal we were going to have by how stressed out I was. (laughs) So the more stressed out I was, the better it was going to be because I needed to get focused and involved in what I was making. So I'm talking like bolder flavors and more components, more complicated dishes. And my husband would be like, oh, wow, you had a really bad day, didn't you? Because this was really good tonight. (laughs) Um, But the second thing that I typically do is literally just call someone. And when I say someone, you have to be very decisive and particular with who it is, depending on what you're dealing with. Because I'll be completely honest, your friends that are your friends before you become an entrepreneur are probably not the people that you're going to call. That's because they don't understand what you're going through. And you can't expect them to. And that's not their fault. But save those phone calls for the when you have something going on else going on in your life, like you're having an issue with your husband or a kid or something like that, save them for that. But call someone in your industry that you look up to, a mentor, somebody in your circle that's going to get it and maybe even be able to offer some helpful advice at some point or just listen because they know that's what you need right now. So yeah, calling someone and cooking. Definitely two ways to handle it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Cooking is not my thing, but you're right. I can totally get like being completely involved in it and not having to think about anything else either. Right. Cause that's the yeah. main thing. You're just like so involved and you're love actually what you're doing. Yeah. Cooking yeah. is not it for me, but <laughs> it's like the world around me is not happening. Like, yeah. I don't know if I would hear the phone ring when I'm cooking. I just get so, but I'm naturally like a creative visual person. So those types of things like music, like I just zone out and I have that ability, which I'm very grateful for. (laughs) That is, yeah. I always like to call it flow, right? The flow state where you don't think about anything else and you're just, you know, in the zone. In the zone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what tips do you have for women who want to start, let's say vlogging or podcasting or just entrepreneurship in general? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, if you're looking at it from a business standpoint, you actually want to make this a business. I mean, you know, the typical things like having savings and having a plan and having your support system are vital to surviving in entrepreneurship. But I mean, as far as just starting like a vlog or podcasting, something like that, a lot of people think that you have to have like the best equipment because they want to be noticed and that's how they're going to get noticed. And I got to tell you, it has nothing to do with that. I mean, when you're just starting out, I just talked to somebody the other day 
And he was like, yeah, I got myself a Yeti and I got the pop screen in front, you know, and everything like that. And he was like, yeah, and I haven't really started yet, but I'm gonna. And I'm like, oh, I know how much Yetis cost. You know? <laughs> so, you know, it's just start with your phone, download a free app. Anchor.fm is a free app and you can just start recording from your phone. You can bring a guest on if you want to, but Going further back than that, if you have some confidence, um, maybe lacking in just starting, like you're just afraid to, or you don't think you're going to be good enough, just pick up your phone every day and record yourself talking for 30 seconds. Just record a little video or audio and just act like you are opening your podcast. Hey, this is Nell from With an L and just keep doing it every single day. There is no doubt. I mean, practice makes perfect, right? Same thing with vlogging. Make a little video of yourself every single day, just for 30 seconds. Watch it back. Notice what you think you can improve on and what you'd like to see. And inevitably, once you do something and you continue to do it and put that consistency work in, it gets better and better and better. It does for sure. Um, so 30 second videos. That's, I love that you said that because that's exactly like where I first, first, first started. I was like, you know, really? what I'm going to do my goal is for 30 days. I'm going to talk for 30 seconds on my Instagram stories. Yeah. It's like, I don't know about what I'm just going to go on every morning and say this. Hey, this is what I'm doing today. Simple yeah. That and so much Absolutely. easier. No, it's so easy. And at first 30 seconds is a lot. Oh, it is. <laughs> it truly is. And then eventually you're like, I mean, I'm at the point where I'm just going on and on and on and I edit the videos myself. So I'm like, I need to stop talking because 30 <laughs> seconds is not enough time anymore. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? You're like, oh, cool. I was like, oh, I just looked at that. And that was like 60 seconds. Like I need to cut that in half now and be able to yep. show to things. And then um, that's the difficult side of editing. <laughs> How do I cut that down? <laughs> so what's your favorite thing right now? Are you loving YouTube shorts? Are you loving, you know, Instagram reels, TikTok? What's your favorite thing? Oh, gosh. Don't come for me, anyone. Okay. <laughs> I am a long form video gal. That's nice. how I got my start. That's how I'm building my business. Although I know that short form is it right now. And I do have a client, uh, a couple of clients actually, that I do short form for. And it's not my favorite thing in the world. However, I understand the necessity and how people's attention spans are 15 seconds. And it's like, well, if it's not keeping their attention, it's done. So, you know, and so that short reach and um, the ability to reach so many more people through that outlet, I totally understand. And I'm getting better at it. But yeah, I'm definitely a long form gal for sure. <laughs> well, the cool thing about YouTube too is that like you can post a video, you know, today and then, you know, three years from now, it could still get plays. It's not like, you know, oh, yeah. Facebook where it gets buried and nobody's ever going to find it again. No, exactly. I mean, that's why YouTube is great for passive income in a sense. And uh, TikTok is becoming better, I think, for that, uh, if we're talking about passive income. But yeah, YouTube, TikTok, I mean, they're all search engines, right? And so when you search something, you know, if your SEO is fantastic, then it's going to be one of the first options that comes up. So it's going to, I mean, if you're making a video, for instance, about how to make paella, and somebody five years from now searches how to make paella, and your SEO is up there, I mean, you're continuing to capitalize on that video, even though you made it five years ago. For sure. So one last question, and then I'll, we'll move on to wrapping it up. But 
So for like, say YouTube or social media, do you recommend people have like three things they talk about? Or like, as I know some people, it's like, I'm going to talk about everything that's going on in my life. And there can be like, <laughs> you know, 15, 20 different things that they have going on. And it can uh-huh. be really hard to follow. Do you recommend kind of narrowing it down? Yeah, I do. You know, the thing about short form or the social media platforms besides YouTube, I will say, is that the the attention spans are so much shorter. And so definitely for Instagram, TikTok, shorts, even uh, Facebook, I definitely would recommend narrowing it down. If you're doing long form video, I mean, there are whole documentaries and movies on YouTube. And so I think there it's less important, but definitely with the attention spans and, you know, the ability to follow along, I think it is important to narrow down. Um, But even choosing, you know, if you want to do a 30 second clip about one thing and one thing only, that's great. And then maybe the next day change that up. I think that planning out your content is really important too. And that will keep you on the right track rather than just off the cuff. Oh, I should talk about this. Oh, I should talk about this. And that's where we end up getting a little jumbled, I think. So planning out the content will help with that too. I love that. I think you're exactly right. Yeah. You have to go through. I'm not good at that. So I actually um, started my entrepreneurial journey as a social media manager and I can do it for clients, no problem. But for my personal stuff, I still struggle with like actually planning out what I'm saying. I'll be there in the morning like, oh no, I need to do a post today because my goal is two a day for every, you know, for Facebook and Instagram or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's like, I can't know why I cannot get myself to plan on my own stuff. <laughs> it's I it's the same thing for me. I mean, I'll edit tons of videos all day long. But if I have a vlog that I need to post up on YouTube, it's probably going to take me a month to get it there because <laughs> I'm I just yeah, I'll do it for clients and but myself, it's like, you know, we're always putting ourselves on the back burner. <laughs> right. The contractor's dilemma, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, I had a really great conversation with you today. Um, I have one last question for you. What is your favorite book? Ah, my favorite book is The Four Agreements by Yay. Don Miguel Ruiz. I love and that one. I know it's my absolute favorite. My favorite agreement is the don't take, I'm looking it up here to don't take anything personally. That's what it was because I just needed the exact terminology. But this is an amazing book and it's a, a fairly short read, I think, but uh, definitely super influential. I read it probably like 20, 25 years ago and it still affects me today. It's an amazing oh, yeah. book. It's definitely one I always pick up too. I'm like, oh, cool. Well, I need to read these again because I'm feeling, you know, I definitely need to go back. I have it um, them printed out on my wall in my office too, so I can always see them going nice. through my day. Oh, that's a really great idea. I might steal that from you. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have a book as well, right? I do. Yes. Yeah. My book is Curvature of the Career. Uh, it can be found on Amazon. It uh, it was a bestseller in two categories in women in business and 45 minute short reads or less. But it's about my journey to where I am now since my childhood. Um, and Curvature of the Career is really a metaphor for the scoliosis diagnosis that I had when I was six years old. And so it takes, it's a very short book. It's a mini book, but it takes you on a very short journey through my life and how I ended up to where I am today. Oh, that's really cool. I love short books. So I'm definitely going to pick it up too. Oh, thank you. So how can people connect with you? So people can connect with me through either of my websites, uh, enticingmedia.com. It's E-N-T-I-C-E 
ingmedia.com. There's also, and that's for everything, video production and podcasting. Uh, and then my personal website, nelltice.com. If you're interested in like speaking engagements that I'm doing, uh, direct links to my podcast and anything else that I'm doing, you can also get the book there as well. Um, and then Facebook, Instagram, I am on TikTok as well. And YouTube, our YouTube channel, uh, our travel vlog channel is Kenny and Nell. Awesome. And I'll have all those links so they're easier for free to find. Oh, thank you. This has been an awesome conversation today. I appreciate you having me on. It was. It was really fun. And then... Thank you for listening to the Women in Power podcast. Please hit the subscribe and like button to see more episodes. New episodes air every Wednesday morning. So please join our Facebook group, Women in Power, for the latest updates and news about our podcast. Mm-hmm.